0: They are
1: the world's most fearsome fighting team. Are they? They're heroes in the half shell and they're green. But Samantha, you know what? What? When the evil Shredder attacks, these turtle boys don't cut him no slack.
0: Oh, you got to watch out for Shredder. That's what I learned.
1: (laughs) So Leonardo leads. Donatello does machines. Raphael, he's cool, uh, but rude. Michelangelo, he's a party dude. (laughs) You don't know the theme song at all, do you? I don't. It, it it was great that's from the cartoon
0: oh i was gonna say did they did they do it in the movie
1: no but at the end we get a full recap of the movie right in that song mm-hmm. turtle power
0: turtle power i'm all for turtle Power. yeah
1: we learned what turtle power really means yeah it's not just the power of a turtle no because uh splinter had turtle power yeah and i like to think that i have some turtle power Aww. Well maybe we should get started. Welcome everyone to a very nostalgic episode of I Love This You Should Too. It's me, Cool But Rude, <laughs> Indy Randawa, and with me is that party dude, Samantha Randawa.
0: Whoa, party.
1: You, the appropriate response would have been cowabunga
0: oh sorry cowabunga
1: cowabunga to you Samantha
0: Indy and I are both very sick right now we
1: are and it's
0: like minus 50 outside
1: so a lot of people will think like oh it's like minus 50 but it is uh, actually 50 below Celsius where we live currently and we're sick so we wouldn't leave the house anyway
0: it's kind of a nice excuse to just like stay in your pajamas all day and cozy down
1: and watch some ninja turtles
0: so if I sound extra like throaty or if i sniffle it's the cold it's
1: i think my voice actually sounds not bad right now
0: no it doesn't
1: i it hurts and i'm gonna cough a lot but that's what editing is for
0: yeah exactly so indy this was your pick for nostalgia month and um tell me tell me what we watched
1: we did the 1990 Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, which I think may have been the first movie I ever saw in a theater. Aww. I think it might have been. I remember going. My sister took me with her friend and her friend's little brother because we were both of the same age.
0: Which sister? Sharney. Oh, yeah. nice.
1: So she took me. We saw this and it was great. I remember going to the theater. I remember leaving the house after dark, which was not a thing that I really <laughs> did at that age because I was, I think, six right. at the time. And watching it now, maybe the first time in 30-ish years I've seen it. <laughs> I think I was actually surprised. That it was good? That it was so much better than I thought it would be. <laughs> I We just watched it today and mm-hmm. no notes or anything like no. that. We're just going to check. So I thought like, oh, it'll be a fun little movie. We'll just talk about some fun nostalgic things and toys yeah. and whatnot. No, I was wrong. I should have taken time. I should have written an essay on this movie because it's great. I loved it. <laughs> well, how about you, Samantha? I loved it. Did you?
0: Um, It was a fun ride. I liked it a lot.
1: It's more fun than you'd yeah. expect, isn't it?
0: I didn't really know what to expect going into it because obviously at the age that this came out, I was like very much into girl things mm-hmm. and Ninja Turtles were boy things. So right. I didn't get into Ninja Turtles um as much because... I just wasn't around it. And um, I think Ninja Turtles is kind of fun.
1: It is so fun. And it strikes that balance so much better than uh, so many comic book type things do <laughs> now. Because now we have to have like, a man dressed up as a bat and uh, flying around. And it's so serious.
0: Yeah, everything is deadly serious now. Or
1: it has to be artificially quippy and jokey. Yeah. And this is just like, yeah, it's kind of silly, but they're they kind of exist in our world.
0: Yeah, which is kind of nice because you don't have as much magic involved as a lot of like superhero movies now have.
1: It's it's surprising to say that this movie that is predicated on some green ooze made these turtles into uh, pizza-loving ninja teens. Uh-huh but then it is one of the most grounded movies yeah. of this type if you get past the central conceit of who these characters are and that 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 whole thing the rest of the world yeah makes perfect sense there isn't a lot of stretching and suspending disbelief once you get past yeah ninja turtles
0: yeah i um just love the description of green ooze It is ooze. Yeah. That
1: is always the word that is used about it.
0: I just love that um, because I feel like – and I'm just going to, like, rag on Marvel now. um, I feel like with Marvel movies and, like, superhero movies of our time now – There has to be this huge, big scientific backstory of what it is. Which
1: is usually nonsense. If you understand the stuff they're talking about, it makes it more unbelievable. Yeah. And this one is just like, yeah, there's some ooze. Yeah, I don't know.
0: Which I feel like a story marketed to children, which it is. You don't need to go farther than that. I don't need to know what happened in the Second World War and like how he was fighting Nazis or like like I just don't need to know all of this stuff.
1: You don't need to justify your comic book magic. No. It's comic book magic. It's
0: green news. Like
1: Spider-Man, maybe one of the best known origin stories. Yeah. Radioactive spider bit him. He has spider powers now. That, the end. Yeah. That doesn't make any sense. No. I don't care. Yeah,
0: it's fine. I, I understand think... what it did to him. And that's where we need to leave
1: it. I feel like Batman, Spider-Man, and the Ninja Turtles are maybe the three most well-known origin stories in like that kind of comic booky world.
0: Oh, yeah. Hmm.
1: Did you know the Ninja Turtles one before this, though? No. Okay.
0: No, I just knew that they were turtles who liked pizza.
1: And they sure do. Yeah. They sure do. At least we watched it, right? We made pizza and ate that.
0: We did. We had a pizza party and watched some turtles, and uh, it was pretty great. I think that's the best way to watch a movie where they talk about pizza so much.
1: Yeah. Because
0: I would have been sad.
1: Absolutely, and that's why I planned it that way, tonight's (laughs) pizza night. Yeah.
0: Because
1: it's turtle time. Because
0: it's turtle time.
1: But going back to what we were saying, the overall tone of this movie is what i liked so much more than i was expecting to like modern day superhero movies are always about like the world ending and here it's the cops can't deal with all this pickpocketing and tv stealing yeah and it's it's yeah it's grounded in reality but it's also a world where that's the worst thing going on in new york which is like kind of quaint
0: that is quaint i liked um Yeah, I think I said this earlier. Like, I liked how real it was. It it didn't need a bunch of magic. It didn't need, like, complicated relationships and stuff. It was just, like, four teenage turtles who like to hang out together.
1: And darker than your modern Marvel stuff, but lighter than your modern DC stuff, which they have to be all jokey or all everything is the worst and we only shoot blue and gray now. Yeah. This is in the middle and it looks like. So many of those 70s New York movies that I love. And that's both due to like, this is a low budget movie. Mm-hmm. This is an independent movie. We talked oh. about that a little bit. I think for the entire 90s, this was the highest grossing independent movie of all time. I don't think it was until Blair Witch and... 99 i want to say that that was broken oh wow so you get some freedom when you're not in that big studio system and they started making this movie without any distribution so it wasn't until new line who at the time was also low budget horror because they did um the nightmare on elm street movies and that was kind of their big flagship so they came in and uh, actually distributed it or else they wouldn't have even had anyone any way to see this movie because It was not wanted. Oh, somebody just
0: wanted to make an Ninja Turtle movie. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah,
1: I I love that. And for everything I'm saying today, it's on very old memory. I haven't done research today. So if I'm off on something, you uh, you know what? Deal with it. We're sick.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You're lucky you're getting an episode.
1: (laughs) But what do you think it is about this darker tone for silly things that makes this one so successful. Like, I think it nails that tone.
0: I think it does, yeah. I don't know what exactly it does, but it's really easy to watch this as an adult and not be like, oh, this is some dumb kids movie. Yeah. Like, it. it there were jokes, obviously, as most kids movies have, like, adult jokes in it just to keep the parents, you know, entertained. But this was, like, easy to watch in a way that a lot of kids
1: movies aren't. And we're going to keep comparing it to modern comic book movies yes. because it's that's the world we live in. And I think what they make serious and what they make silly or light is so much of a better choice than you get in like your Justice League movies. Because there, it's a man named Superman and a man named Batman. And that is this most serious thing ever. Yeah, we don't joke. entire cities are being destroyed. Don't worry about it. We're moving on. Yeah. That's kind of like the Marvel thing with. And later in movies, they started saying like, hey, remember when all those millions of people died? Mm -hmm. But that's the light stuff. And then these men in tights is the serious part, which is ridiculous. So, here they joke about how silly it is. There's a bit of that, like, we're so New York, we don't care about a giant turtle. When that cab driver's like, I don't know, some kind of giant turtle or something. And then they just go about their day because, like, we're in New York, we don't have time to stop for turtles. And so they joke about the silly parts, like the giant turtles. But when there's something like, their father being taken from them Mm -hmm. that has gravity and that has weight and it's so much less than the worlds being destroyed in all of those other movies which seem to be treated much more lightly so i think they give the proper things weight and those things are going to resonate with you if you are a child first thinking about like oh wait i could not have parents one day or if you're someone older who has gone through that there's they choose the human stuff to put the weight on mm-hmm. and let the silly stuff be silly. You don't need to make it all the same level to make it work together. Yeah. And I think that's what this movie does surprisingly well. Surprisingly well. I think the script for this was very good. I was I was shocked and very surprised, very pleasantly surprised about how... I didn't think a bunch of this movie was real dumb. It was real <laughs> Yeah, good.
0: I think that's kind of the surprise that I had too. Um, one thing that I really liked about the way that they wrote the turtles is that they were teenagers. Yes. They were like awkward and their movements i mean they're puppets as well but like their movements and stuff made them look like teenagers and that like kind of uncoordinated way and the things that they said the way that their feelings got hurt like it it, it was just very realistic and i really liked that because i think in modern this is going to be like anti-modern superhero <laughs> movies uh, well there's not
1: a lot of great ones so no. it's fair
0: but it's like it's really hard to write a superhero who has superpowers in a way that keeps them a teen.
1: Yeah. Or even just human or yeah. relatable. Yeah. Relatable. And somehow these big mutant turtles seem more relatable. Yeah. Because their emotions are out of check, right? Yeah. They are they have teenage angst. Yeah. Raphael is screaming in rage several times because he's a frustrated 15-year-old yeah. who doesn't know where to turn this aggression.
0: Yeah. And I think to say something nice about modern um superhero movies i think this is where the like spider-verse movies do it right yeah because he's a teenager and he's dealing with teenage things as well as you know adult things because he's a superhero but he's mostly a teenager and i think a lot of previous spider-man movies aged him up too much to make sure. it really hard to give him that like humanness as well as the superhero-ness so i really liked the way that they wrote the turtles and the way that they like directed them because they really seemed like children
1: i like what this did in opposition to spider-verse and spider-verse both of them i think are two of the best movies oh, yeah. ever so i i love those movies but those movies miles and those characters are role models or they are the good example they are dealing with lots of things and they are showing you how to deal with it while the turtles are more like yes these are problems you have Mm -hmm. they're not always dealing with it as well they they do get that guidance though and i was surprised too like how many times there's a moment where splinter like tells them Mm -hmm. tries to coach them not just in um like being ninjas yeah but just life lessons Splinter at one point stops the movie and gives them a little speech about the dangers of anger, but also Mm -hmm. the isolation that can create and the need to rely on this family and like you have this family here, use them. Yeah. And that's a a pretty good little speech for this movie. There's some like little good bits of philosophy that Splinter's dropping all over the place in this.
0: I liked Splinter. It took me a little while to get used to him because um, it's a little shocking to see a giant rat.
1: And he's not as good of a puppet, I no. would say.
0: No, no, he's like not puppeted as well as the turtles are. Because
1: as- he's a a straight up puppet. Yeah. He has like hands in him to do the moving, while the turtles, there's a guy in a suit. Right. And then they have somebody doing the mouth. I think there's several people running um, like radio controlled uh, animatronics that are on the...
0: okay. That makes sense then. But yeah, it took me a minute to kind of believe in Splinter. Right. More than it did with the Ninja Turtles. Um Splinter is that father figure that I think every superhero needs cuz he like keeps you grounded. He brings you back to what's important and he like calls you out when you're being ridiculous.
1: And if we want to keep that going this idea of, of fathers and sons, we also have The foot on the other side. Uh Shredder is essentially doing the same thing as Splinter. Mm -hmm. If you just give the explanation of, like, oh, there's this guy who uh, has adopted these children, never lets them go out, and just teaches them to fight, you'd be like, oh, that's a cult leader. Mm -hmm. But it's Splinter. (laughs) It's Splinter. And Shredder is doing the same thing. And if you look at it from the point of view of all of those kids, they are referred to as like you are here because you are outcasts, right? Yeah. The society has rejected you, and I am giving you a home. You completely understand why they are following Shredder,
0: yeah. And I guess the big difference is that they, these children, these random children who he Shredder's teaching to be like him. Um, they don't have a strong father figure. So they're more like a cult. They're more likely to attach themselves to someone who is willing to like put in the FaceTime with them yeah. and give them the attention that they don't get at home. And uh, I feel like we talk about cults a lot on this podcast lately, but that's how cults start.
1: <laughs> well, this movie is showing you the importance of a father figure. Yeah. When Splinter is taken away, they take his lessons and it takes them some time because they are so young and yeah. the first time without without their father figure. And they t- take what they what he has taught them and use that to get him back. Mm-hmm. While on the other hand, you have the, all those kids who don't have like the strong father figures in their lives. They seek one out in the shredder and that's what leads them into this life of crime. But I love that there is this mirroring of our heroes and our villains are so similar. Yeah. And when you're having those big fight scenes, when the Ninja Turtles are beating up all these foot soldiers, those are just teenage boys as well. Mm-hmm. These are just teens fighting teens based on what their dads told them.
0: Which is wild.
1: Yeah,
0: um, yeah. I realized that about like halfway through that it wasn't some like ninja force. It was just the teenagers. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is so crazy and is, I don't know, like a good example of what nurturing children need and the difference between like, parenting styles, I guess.
1: Yeah, man, this movie is... (laughs) This script is tight. This Mm -hmm. is a solid script. I was very impressed with it. And I know if you listened to uh, last week's episode... I was critical about the Barbie movie. I still yeah. think it's a very good movie, but oh, yeah. I was like, mm. there's a little bits and pieces. And I think it was because like, I've heard this is the best movie ever. And this movie I hear is garbage. People, it has very bad ratings Uh-oh. all over the place. So when I look at this script, I was like, no, this is great. It's so much better than, than the expectations of it, right?
0: Hmm. Yeah, I uh, I really like it.
1: And then the only other mention of a father we get in this is... With April, she is still taking care of that antique shop just because it reminds her of her father,
0: which is like so sad. And then
1: it burns down. Yeah. And then we get that whole sequence, which you know what had a lot of weight. It did. For a movie that I saw when I was six, and I thought was just about like turtles that eat pizza.
0: Mutant Ninja Turtles. This movie has a lot of heart, and I it did does. not expect that. Me which is neither. Like, It's wild to me because I was like, yeah, it'll be like a fun, like kids movie. It'll be silly
1: and then it might get bad enough that it's funny. Yeah. That's kind of what I was thinking. That's what I
0: was expecting. I'm like, how good could this movie actually be? Because it's for children. It's based on comic books and it's like an independent film. Yeah. How good? Low budget
1: indie with giant animatronic puppet turtles.
0: Yeah. So. It sounds
1: like a recipe for failure.
0: It really does.
1: I don't want to get too into all of the history of this, but very briefly, the Ninja Turtles was a comic book first, a somewhat serious and kind of satirical comic book, but it Mm -hmm. was much darker. Then uh, the toy company came along and they're like, and we want to make toys out of these and they made the cartoons, which was probably more of what you were thinking. It's silly. It's fun. It's bright. It's uh, turtles eating pizza. And I think
0: that might be the only Ninja Turtles I've seen is what was just on TV
1: Yeah, and then this comes out, which is kind of a blend of the two of them. And I think, honestly, a real good job at balancing all of these things, both the language of film, the source material in comics, and paying homage to the TV show that we know most of the audience is more familiar with. Yeah. Good work. Good Good work, Turtle Team.
0: Applause to the Turtle Team.
1: So all of that farmhouse stuff, I loved how that was kind of that um, little moment of respite where they all... It's kind of a how to deal with grief for children. Yeah. Because, and that's been copied in a lot of superhero movies. I know the Avengers movie had a very similar thing. Was it also at a farmhouse? Huh. I think it was. But anyways, um, they take that time to use it to develop the characters. Yeah. Right? And they show how everyone is dealing with grief differently. April is being reflective and doing that journaling. But then Leonardo is just depressed. Yeah. Donatello has taken this time to make a new friend and Casey Jones. So they're all doing their own thing. And we actually have narration that is reflecting upon how they are going about dealing with this grief and what their next steps could be.
0: Yeah, which is like a surprising bit of humanness in a movie about mutant turtles. (laughs) And I appreciated that. And you get to really know all of the characters individually at that point in the movie, mm-hmm. which is really nice because um, up until then, you're kind of seeing them all together as like a unit. Yeah. Um. And uh, this little moment was when I kind of picked which Ninja Turtle I liked the best. So.
1: Oh, I'm going to ask you about that very shortly. We can talk about it later. But but what I wanted to say was, and that is also kind of mirrored by the fight sequences. Like first we just see Raphael fighting on his own. And then we get to see the team disjointed and losing that one fight. Mm -hmm. And Raphael is unconscious the whole time. So it's just the three turtles. And there, it starts out kind of fun. That that first fight sequence in the in the house in yeah. the antiques place, I thought was great. I loved the humor that they introduce into the action sequences. It's not like Jackie Chan level of who's the the, the master of that uh-huh. sort of thing, but it's it's fun. It's funny. The editing of that is so much better than I would expect in people fighting in these giant suits yeah. it's not uh born style where you just cut around everything so you never actually see what's happening yeah they show them doing full-on like backflips and jumping over people yeah. which is very impressive and all of that
0: that's one thing that i really appreciate about, about this movie because modern movies everything is like a tenth of a second yeah and it's really flashy and as someone who spent a year like being really dizzy and not being able to focus her eyes properly um I just couldn't watch movies like that because it was just wasn't possible. And this I really appreciated because you do get to see the whole fight sequence. Um, and they do f- like, they do go to different shots and stuff, but it's not a tenth of a second and you actually know what's going on in the fight.
1: No, if there's a shot of a turtle jumping over a foot clan soldier and kicking another one, it's one shot. Yeah. While in most movies that would be three up to five depending on how you do it and they have the reason to cut around things because it's not just cg where you can make it do anything Mm -hmm. we have very small actors in suits that would weigh like 70 ish pounds and they're doing all of that which another hand to all of those people in the suits which i don't know any of their actual names although one of them did come out to be an actor in the second movie he like comes out of the suit and gets to be a different character oh fun and that's like a reyes jr who's in the was it surf ninjas or three ninjas i don't know but that was very impressive there's all these stories about people just passing out all the time oh i bet and that the suits would gain like 10 15 pounds throughout the day because they were made of foam and, and they would just absorb sweating. all the sweat oh yeah it's so gross and wet in there
0: i've been inside like a mascot sc- suit.
1: Really? Which yeah. Which What mascot? I
0: was Clifford the Big Red Dog. Oh. So. Why? My dad worked for CBC. Uh-huh. That was where his career was. And um, they opened their new uh, offices that were in City Center Mall. Yeah. And uh, they asked if anybody's like teenage kid and a friend could come and be uh, Clifford and Franklin. And my friend Maggie and I.
1: Franklin the Yardvark yeah oh the turtle
0: the turtle franklin the turtle turtle power yeah so we spent the day and it was a day much like this where it was it was the day of the heritage classic actually the oh, first I one remember that it day. was so so cold and we were so so hot and i just remember being so dehydrated because these suits were like it was just like sealed you in it was awful um I can't imagine filming a movie for like weeks and weeks and weeks and having to wear them because I think we only wore and them and doing for... backflips. Yeah, I think we only wore them for like maybe 4 or 5 hours. Like it wasn't That a should one.
1: be the max.
0: So I can't imagine filming a movie and I really applaud people who do that kind of thing and are hot like that for weeks on end.
1: What did you think about the turtle costumes?
0: I thought they were really well done.
1: Man, for a 34-year-old movie, I think they look I think they look very good.
0: I think those could be in a movie now and pass.
1: I think the only real issues were the lips sometimes when they were talking yeah. didn't match up, but even if you did what you could do now of having a practical suit and then doing some CG on the mouths to get lip sync properly done. Uh-huh. I think that would be great, but they look better than there's all these new turtle movies like the Michael Bay ones and they're so Fuck, I hate them so Weren much.
0: Were they really shiny?
1: The movies in general, yeah. No, I The I'm... Turtles. The Turtles. I don't know. They're they're jacked.
0: Okay, that's what I remember. I remember them being shiny and jacked.
1: But I also hear there's a the newest cartoon one is very funny, so I'm gonna watch that maybe tonight.
0: Oh nice. Um yeah, I remember seeing like as a child, I grew up doing like stereotypical girl things. I loved like girl tv shows which was like very much a thing back then and so i didn't get into ninja turtles and i remember as an adult seeing like a poster for ninja turtles and like that kind of thing probably the michael bay one and being like oh they look gross they do look gross and like they didn't look like teenagers no and they just looked shiny and like too muscular turtles aren't muscular
1: Well, these turtles were pretty jacked too, but they're at least small. Yeah.
0: Because they're teens. I don't know. I just remember being like really turned off by that and being like, I don't understand what this really is, but I don't think that is correct.
1: (laughs) Even in the CG turtle world, we're getting jacked 30-year-olds to play our teens. It's like the CW in here. It is. It really is. (laughs) I was um, saying something, which I think I remember now. I was talking about the, the fight scenes First of all, also that first fight scene taught me about editing. I remember Ah. being six, watching this movie on repeat on VHS, and Raphael was fighting with them upstairs, and then they were fighting, or they were doing similar things downstairs. And I was like, wait, the things they're doing up there match what's going on down there. And it clicked in my mind of like, the movie is telling me these things are the same. Mm -hmm. I get it. And I understood cross-cutting. That was, (laughs) I I distinctly remember the first time I understood cross-cutting. Because when you're a kid and like, I didn't go to the movies a lot or watch movies at this point. Right. So this was the one that I watched over and over again. And I remember at first being like, how can they hear them over the, like here and here? And I was like, no, that's just editing. But the editing is also making me think things that mm-hmm. aren't always real. And I understood film language for the first time because of this movie, it's, I think.
0: It's no wonder you got a film studies degree. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Ninja Turtle layout, all to Ninja Turtles. Yeah. Uh, but what I was saying with those fights is first they're separated And it's not until they come back unified at the end that they're able to, um, you know, go on and win. Although Splinter kind of saves the day because they, in a very interesting way, lose the big fight. The four of them against Shredder. Shredder wins. Yeah. If Splinter doesn't show up and kind of deus ex machina the whole thing, uh, they lose.
0: Yeah. Which is a
1: really interesting lesson.
0: That's another thing that you don't see in like modern superhero movies is when the heroes lose yeah something and they lose
1: twice yeah they run away the first one and although they beat the foot they ultimately lose to the shredder until splinter comes along and shredder just like is dumb and charges at him because <laughs> a mouse um, cut up his face many years ago <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, yeah it's uh, it's nice that like little bit of humanity that like heroes don't always win. Which is kind of what you get in superhero movies—is like they're unbeatable and they always win. And if they are not winning, there's something else that needs. Or then it gets super dark. Yeah, then. and then it's super dark. So like, I really liked that little bit of like humanity. Well,
1: usually in contemporary three-part movies because everything's three movies at least the second movie is where they lose and then they fall apart and then they have to go to the the proverbial farmhouse and then they build themselves up and Mm -hmm. come back but those are all individual ones i like how this one is more reliant on that on the lessons that splinter gave them early on
0: yeah absolutely
1: my favorite lesson from this movie Forgiveness is divine, but never pay full price for late pizza.
0: <laughs> I wish that was still a thing. Yeah. That like pizza, if it's not like, what was it like 60 minutes or it's free? 30 minutes or it's free? 30
1: minutes. Imagine that. Uh,
0: in New York City. Well, I think
1: there it's easier because it's probably not far and they only have a little concern. I guess. Yeah. You get on your little scooter. Because <laughs> I know when I lived in Korea, every all the delivery was so quick if you wanted delivery. Hmm. But I always had a hard time with that because ordering delivery in Korean is tricky for me. Oh,
0: I bet that would be hard. Yeah.
1: Other things this movie taught me, my knowledge of both Rocky and Jimmy Cagney came from Michelangelo's impressions. Oh. And now I look at him i like, oh, he was bad at impressions. I thought he was good. He's not.
0: <laughs> I think as a child, you'd think he was good at impressions. But I didn't know
1: who Jimmy Cagney was. So it's like, yeah, that's what he sounds like, I guess. Oh. Not a lot of six-year-olds watch James Cagney movies.
0: I don't know who that is. There you go. Not a lot of 35 year olds. That's also true. That's also true. <laughs> um, let's talk about April for a minute.
1: Let's talk about April. Judith Hoig, I think, is her name.
0: I liked her.
1: She's great.
0: She is awesome because she isn't like Scarlett Johansson level pretty, where. They're like, oh, look at this bombshell! She looks like a normal human, and I appreciate that.
1: I feel like the place this movie has in my heart is making me hard to for me to agree because I was like, she's better looking than Scarlett Johansson, <laughs> but I think it's because this was my movie.
0: Yeah, I was mostly using her as like an example because there is like a standard of beauty in Hollywood, right, yeah. and I and think it's Scarlett Johansson is one of those people. I would say so. It was Megan like, Fox for a long time. Yeah, if you want a bombshell, which nowadays... Oh,
1: Megan Fox plays this role in the Michael Bay ones, of course.
0: Of course. And
1: she plays it in like crop tops.
0: So that's what I mean. Yeah. I, it was really nice to see someone who looked like someone that you would see... A reporter. ...around. Yeah. yeah. So I uh, I really appreciated that. And um I also appreciated just how like after she had the explanation just how like okay she was with hanging out with turtles (laughs) she's like okay cool
1: so i was wary about this because like you said this is a boy's movie a child like boy movie yeah. yeah one female character. Mm -hmm. And usually you get pigeonholed as like, you are the girl. You're Mm -hmm. the one uh, that often in those movies has to be the voice of reason, but it comes off as naggy. You don't get the fun stuff. Yeah. April's great. She's she's... strong. She kicks ass when she can, but she's not going to like jump in the fight because she's not a fucking ninja turtle. Yeah, she knows. She does what she can. And then I was like, oh, but then of course the only two humans they're going to have to get together. And they do, but... It felt fine because I think they actually had legitimate chemistry.
0: They had an arc for that. They did. And it wasn't the main arc. And it was very in the background. And I feel like if you weren't looking for it, you may not have seen it. And that's fine. You can watch this movie for the turtles and not care about what the humans are doing. Um, But I I liked that they showed us why they kiss in the end.
1: Mm. Yeah, it doesn't come out of nowhere. Because they start off... Fighting, mm-hmm. and that's a popular thing. But usually, it's just they start fighting and then they make out, and yeah. they're like, "Oh, look, they made up." A but this actually enemies to lovers. Yeah, this actually shows it more than a lot of movies that people think are a lot better. Yeah, than, than those do because Casey is acting towards her like a ten-year-old a would. Mm-hmm. Because this movie is kind of targeted at ten-year-old. I think so. That's, yeah. a, that's a big part of it. Yeah. So it makes sense. But then you're like, oh, but that shouldn't be shown as like. That's how you win a woman's heart. Yeah. But she is not won over by any of that. It is despite that. It's that she sees who he is underneath that. Because when he tries all that stuff of like, hey, toots, princess, she's like, no, fuck off and leaves. Not like, oh, well, I can change you. She leaves, makes him change, be better. And that's what's going to win him, win her over.
0: And I appreciate that because she's like, I know what I want out of a relationship. I'm an adult woman. I yeah. live in the world. I, I run my own life. Like, I, I know what I want.
1: She leverages all of this into a raise in a corner office. Yeah. April's great. She's very good. I was very impressed with her performance. And then um, Elias Koteish. I don't know how you say his name, but he Elias? is. Elias? Yeah. Um, he is in so many things. I think now he's just one of those guys that unfortunately is making a multi-decade career doing cop dramas on TV. But, and if you look at his filmography, you'll be like, wow, he was in that? Who was he? Because you don't always remember who he was, but he's yeah. in a lot.
0: Yeah, he's in a lot of like single word movies involving cops, Oh. shooter, <laughs> crash. But yeah, I liked him I didn't really understand in the beginning what his whole character was. Like, why do we need another?
1: Because we're coming from a a cartoon where he's like the sports guy. Right. He just has sports instruments. (laughs) The implements of sports to like beat you up with. And that was kind of as much as I got out of the cartoons. And they did something with it that he was this former baseball player. They never said what sport it was. Yeah. But he was pro. Former ice
0: hockey player. Oh, was he a hockey player? Yeah, I think he said hockey. Okay. And that's why he's wearing the hockey mask.
1: But it's not a hockey mask, really. I guess. He's uh, terrifying also. Because at the end, he kills the shredder. Yeah. We think he might be dead, but just to make sure, he crushes him with a garbage truck. Wild. And uh, very actively. He chooses to do it.
0: I wasn't expecting them to show anything after he fell into the garbage Yeah, most movies wouldn't. (laughs) And instead, they showed his helmet getting flattened. And
1: presumably his head.
0: Yeah. That was so much more than I thought we were going to get out of that death scene.
1: In his introduction, Raphael's already beaten up these two um, uh, purse snatchers. Uh And then Casey Jones comes in and is going to beat them up more. Mm -hmm. If Raphael didn't intervene, do you think he would have killed them?
0: I think so. I
1: think he might have been there to kill them. I think
0: he's a murderer.
1: I think he might be a murderer.
0: And I think he finds it fun to like chase people down and murder them.
1: I yep. I think you are right in that.
0: Yeah. I didn't really know where his whole character was going because like it was just very odd to have yet another person fighting crime in a movie about four people fighting crime. Yeah. It just seemed like too many people then. I did I liked him.
1: Another thing I distinctly remember from watching it as a six-year-old was when Raphael says, damn. Because those are the first words the turtle says in this. And I was like, oh, shit, he just swore. Well, I guess I wasn't, oh, shit, he just swore. I'd be like, oh, my, he swore. And I was like, am I watching an adult movie here? And I think that's the tone this movie strikes so well, is that when you are a child watching this, you don't feel talked down to. In fact, you feel like you are getting a glimpse into that adult world. Yeah. This movie isn't protecting you from it. It's kind of like this is your way in Mm -hmm. because of the turtles. And now you can see what this dark adult world is all about. And the swearing... Even if it's just damn, that was like a thing to me. Yeah, when I was six. that was a big deal. Well, like I think if you are a child now and you watch the Robert Pattinson Batman, you're not going to feel the same way. You're not going to be like, oh, this is my way in. You're like, what is this? This is yeah. horrific.
0: Yeah, it's like too much.
1: It's just a world of the most serious stuff. And I guess like maybe it's been a long time since I've seen the 1989 Batman, but that might be a similar one too.
0: Hmm. Yeah, I. I liked that this movie was for children, obviously. I found it easy to comprehend and that kind of thing. But I also liked that it has more complex moments and felt watchable as an adult. Even though I will admit that my brain is not at its best right now, I I still felt like this movie was
1: accessible. It doesn't drag. Mm-hmm. I know with other... like. Comic book movies, sometimes the fight scenes, to me, drag. Uh Because they're just showing, like, look how big everything is. Yeah, and And
0: loud and flashy.
1: Absolutely. And it's about the effects. And here, the fight scenes also taught you about the characters. Mm -hmm. So I couldn't get bored with them. Because... For a while, you're impressed with like, oh, yeah, they're doing flips and stuff. And that's fun. But for me, that's not going to hold me very long in a movie. I need the characters to be moving and growing. And they managed to do that in the fight scenes even, which was or the, the quippiness, the back and forth. It wasn't just one liners for the sake of a one liner like we get in a lot of other movies. Yeah. They are building rapport and we are seeing their relationships in the fight scenes by all the little jokes they're making. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. So fun. One other big thing we need to talk about is um, uh, this warehouse club where kids can do whatever they want. Oh, if yeah. If that's just doing graffiti, skateboarding, playing roulette, smoking giant cigars, getting boxes of menthol cigarettes. Yeah. You can come do it at this club. This is
0: like an all-inclusive resort, but for, for bad kids. 13-year-old
1: boys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And watching this as like a six-year-old, it was both of like, whoa, this is cool. And also, whoa, that's scary. Because mm-hmm. teenagers are the scariest, I think, when you're a child. They're bad. They've, those ones were.
0: I remember as a kid being like, oh, those are bad kids. Yeah. Like, you know. like Oh, yeah. I oh, those that. ones? Those are bad kids. And I, I felt like that would have been what I thought had I seen this at like, a younger age, been like, oh, those are the bad kids. You know that they're, in, like, up to no good.
1: Yeah, he's wearing a Sid Vicious shirt, so we know that he's he's a bad
0: kid. <laughs> yeah.
1: And young Sam Rockwell is at the club, which was pretty cool. I think there's some other big-name actors who were actually in that, but they don't have speaking roles.
0: Skeet Ulrich. Oh, yeah. And Scott Wolf. Oh, okay. I didn't, obviously, catch any of that because I don't know those actors very well, but I definitely... uh thought like when i first saw them before you'd said anything like oh i bet there's like half of hollywood now in the (laughs) the background somewhere
1: although i think they were shooting this in like north carolina or something oh because yeah low budget movie Mm -hmm. was splinter already hyper intelligent that's one thing i never quite got because in the cartoon it's a man who gets turned into a rat so that was a little different this is more similar to the comic book
0: human brain yeah
1: because when he's just a rat he learns ninjutsu
0: oh
1: right he's following along and that that was some bad puppetry i gotta say that was even as a kid i was like well that looks bad but (laughs) still forgivable he starts following along with his master and doing the the ninja training while he's in his cage yeah and then when his master and his wife are killed he mourns them in a very cute scene when this little rat was like all sad
0: yeah i liked the puppeteering of his ears yeah i thought it was really cute. ear
1: ear sorry <laughs> well ears at the beginning
0: um, yeah. yeah i did not think about how shredder was so intelligent and splinter or splinter sorry how splinter was so intelligent up until now because
1: and... he was just a regular rat when mm-hmm. he sees the turtles and decides to pick them up with a spoon? Yeah. Because he hadn't been exposed to the mutant gen yet.
0: No. Yeah, I don't understand how he...
1: Maybe rats are more intelligent. No, I was going to say maybe they're more intelligent than I think, which might be true, but I don't think they're smart enough to learn martial arts. <laughs> And I also loved in those flashback scenes when the background would fade out and they'd just be in black. Mm-hmm. That's a good technique. That was yeah. well done.
0: Um, Wikipedia tells me that he is a mutant rat. Well, yeah. But like, it doesn't give me anything else. So.
1: I feel like so much of this movie. You're on um, the internet. You know the internet.
0: I, I'm familiar with it. You're yeah. on the internet. A I lot use it more, daily,
1: <laughs> and I feel like there is a phrase that comes up a lot when people are talking about surprising uh, movies or something. When they're saying like, "It, it had no business going that hard, This hard. <laughs> this movie had like that script had no business going. No.
0: Really. <laughs>
1: I It was surprisingly well written. I-, I was
0: expecting childish nonsense and we got like an actual like, like a tight script? Human script. A tight Ugly. action
1: movie script. Like I watch a good bit of um kung fu movies and mm-hmm. stuff, and this is a good one of those. It really follows a lot of the beats of your seventies Hong Kong. That's kind of what I know most, so that's what I'm comparing mm-hmm. it to. It follows the beats of a lot of your good ones of those and uh, yeah, it does a good job. Yeah. I agree. Okay. Now the most important question, Mm -hmm. because when you uh, talk about a lot of different things like um, Avengers are big, who's your favorite Avenger? It's skewed heavily. Most people are going to say a a couple of them. Right. Not a lot of people are like, oh, Hawkeye.
0: (laughs) Nobody likes Hawkeye.
1: In X-Men, if you ask, most people are picking Wolverine. Mm -hmm. Not always. Most of them. There's usually a best one. Mm -hmm. Ninja Turtles. Huge exception. I believe when I was growing up, because that's what you talk about in grade one. Who's your favorite Ninja Turtle? Of course. It's a 25, 25, 25, 25 split. Oh. It's very divisive, but it's not an argument. It's like, oh yeah, that makes sense for you.
0: Yeah. It's like early horoscopes.
1: Absolutely.
0: I feel like girls were like, which Spice Girl are you?
1: Oh, I think that's a similar way, but there's five of them, right? Mm-hmm. No, because it's music, it's different. But the, the four-character split is uh, very interesting. So who was your favorite?
0: I liked Michelangelo.
1: I thought you would. Does that make sense? That does make sense. <laughs> that makes sense for you.
0: I just liked some of his quips and his, like, just the way he, like, moved around and stuff. I really liked him. And his interactions with Donatello.
1: Yeah, Donatello gains a lot in the movie. In the cartoon, they are more pronounced in their differences. Oh. Like Leonardo is loyal. He's the leader. He's about, um, he's the most virtuous one. In the cartoons, Donatello is like a bit of a nerd. Oh. He's um, more studious. He, He does machines.
0: Oh, I heard he makes gadgets.
1: Yeah, but the the way we in the turtle world refer to that is does machines. Oh, Okay, great. It's kind of like uh, Ken's job is just beach. Yeah. Donatello does machines. Okay, cool. Michelangelo, the party dude. Yeah. You kind of get with it. And Raphael is the brash and impulsive, the most emotional one probably.
0: The rude one.
1: Rude but cool. Rude but cool. Just like me. (laughs) (laughs) So I had no choice but to have Raphael as my favorite because he was already so ingrained as my favorite from the cartoons. Right. So he was my favorite. He's... The voices are also very funny. Like, Raphael's the only one with this thick New York accent.
0: Yeah. Like, he seems like the big brother. Mm -hmm. He's, like, all, like, rough and
1: New York-y. And then these... Character archetypes are nothing new. I've stolen from this myself <laughs> in Nightmare Island Part 4. Go check it out when it ever comes out. We had four characters and I was having trouble like figuring out who they were. I was like, Ninja Turtles. You just followed the Ninja Turtles. Because the Ninja Turtles are also then based on the four humors. Like If you go back to ancient Greek drama... Uh-huh. And do you know about the four humors?
0: Uh, Vaguely, I do not remember about them, though. The
1: four humors are uh, phlegm, yellow bile, black bile, and blood. Right. And when you are ill or what your personality or temperament is. One
0: of your humors is out of line. Yeah. Or out of.
1: And then your personality is you have more of this that makes you this way. Yeah. So Donatello is a. Uh, pragmatic realist which goes along the lines of phlegm raphael is emotional because he's associated with blood leonardo is the ambitious one because of the black bile and michelangelo he's the party dude Mm -hmm. and then that works in so many other shows where you have for like scooby-doo has five but shaggy and scooby are together as one Mm -hmm. they are michelangelo leonardo is fred donatello is donatello is velma and Raphael's daphne oh yeah and you can put it into anything like i personally love buffy i know you do too i do there though it's a little different because you get the main four but i would say giles is the splinter right
0: yeah yeah he is so
1: then buffy is leonardo the Mm -hmm. leader Willow is definitely Donatello, the studious one. Xander is Michelangelo, but they don't always have a Raphael. So I would argue that there's a rotation of passionate shit disturbers that come through. Yeah. Being Faith or Spike, Mm -hmm. and they are the Raphael.
0: Yeah. Or Anya.
1: Yeah. As well. It works for the Golden Girls. Oh, yeah. They fit this as well. Huh. Uh, always sunny fits it. Yeah. Like Dennis is Leonardo. Donatello is D. Mac is Raphael. Charlie wild card. Yeah. Michelangelo. Yeah. Uh, oh, if you watch funny. the Avatar show, Ang is Leonardo. Katara is Donatello. Uh, Toph is Raphael. And Sokka is Michelangelo. Mm-hmm. Like this archetype exists in so many places because we know it works together. Yeah. And uh man, Star Wars yep okay it it, it just (laughs) it works in so many places so when I was trying to like breathe some life into these characters and we had the plot and I was trying to figure out who they are I was like just go with the Ninja Turtles Mm -hmm. and that leads everything and those characters just work so well together and they've known it for thousands of years and they knew it when they were writing this
0: yeah wow Ninja Turtles, the basis of all current film.
1: Yes. Honestly, like we say that as mostly a joke, but there are a lot of things that current, especially comic book movies have taken from this and done. I would argue not as well.
0: Yeah. We've really hated on comic book movies today, but we do actually enjoy watching them.
1: The thing is, it's not that they're all bad. Mm -mm. It's that there's so many of them and we no longer expect them to be good. Yeah, it has become such an industry within the industry that people just say like, "Oh, well, I have to watch this so I know what's going on." And yeah. Like, well, so I've gone to the point where like I don't need to know what's going on. We're but like same
0: with Star Wars too. Six Marvel movies behind right and
1: now, and I don't I, like it. Doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. And people say like, "Oh, but this one show is actually really good." like, "But is it better than just a really good show that is not based on intellectual property?" Yeah. No. You just watch it because you've become comfortable with all of those characters. And I was, I loved comic books. I loved Marvel comic books growing up. Mm -hmm. And I was so excited when they started to become movies with the X-Men ones. But man, they uh, have found a way to lose me because there's (laughs) so much and the quality is so average
0: yeah they have all the effects and none of the like writing yeah and continuity because they just
1: need to be the same as the other yeah. ones and you get a few good ones they're definitely good ones mm-hmm. I've liked quite a few of them but they're so forgettable as well it's true unlike Ninja Turtles which I still remembered pretty much every single word of dialogue despite not having seen it in 30 years
0: how many times do you think you watched
1: it I have no idea because I don't actually remember sitting around and watching it oh. but i remember all the words so clearly i did and i remember my vhs copy i also have the soundtrack which i thought was real cool <laughs> i know all the words to the soundtrack even the tape yeah yeah, yeah i had it on cassette man that was a good tape mm-hmm. well i think that about rounds it out i would love to talk about ninja turtles for so much longer but my voice is giving out and we should get to bed
0: i think everybody needs to go to bed please <laughs>
1: Hopefully, we were able to cut out all of those coughs. And then, uh, what do we got coming up next?
0: Well, it is the end of our 50 episode cycle. So, next week, you will be getting our award show.
1: Wow, from everything from episodes. 200 to 250 we'll be giving out awards like what are some of the ones we do
0: best animal friend
1: oh, best couple worst, worst couple. couple we did one of, who would you least want to be haunted by in oh, the movies yes. we've seen
0: um who do you want to be your best friend
1: mm-hmm. who would you marry all sorts of stuff like yeah. that if you have a suggestion for another category let us know yeah if we get it in time Although we'll probably record before this comes out. So who knows? So. Tell us anyways. We'll yeah, save it for next year. I mean,
0: there's always episode 300.
1: There's always episode <laughs> 300. Wow. We've done a lot of these. We've
0: done a lot of these. Huh. And I I think I've talked about this before on the podcast, but I, I was asked to speak on a panel about women in podcasting and I felt like real imposter syndrome and i'm like oh all these people are from like established organizations and they're like podcasting about things that matter and uh i said like i think we had had 150 at that point and everyone like put their mics down and just like looked at me in shock that we had had that many episodes and i was like okay maybe maybe we are doing something good here
1: (laughs) And if you think we are, um, go rate and review and tell people because we are a very small podcast. Mm -hmm. Not many people listen to it. We would love if they did. We also have no advertisements. If you want advertisements, pay us money. We'll sell your junk.
0: (laughs) Yeah, we will sell things sight unseen
1: <laughs> yeah i will sell out don't worry about it
0: <laughs> we are so prepared to sell out so please approach us with opportunities
1: all right well that's it for now we'll see you next time and remember Kawabunga. Kawabunga, everyone bye There's all these new turtle movies, like the Michael Bay ones, and they're so fuck. I hate them so. Weren much. Were
0: they really shiny? No, or the I'm, turtles. The
1: turtles. I don't know. They're they're jacked.
0: Okay, that's what I remember. I remember them being shiny and jacked.
1: Yeah, they're they're jacked turtles, and I don't know. I think they're just like whipping their dicks out all the time. It's fucking Michael Bay, A bunch of garbage. I'll probably cut that part. <laughs>